Yemunla, you're listening to Karokeraman EV, Karokeraman, the English version. This podcast talks about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. You can check out my website, karokeraman.com, for more info. I'm your host, Patra M, and this is episode 2, part 2. I hope you guys had a fabulous week. It's getting cold in Paris. Um, summer is definitely over. It means that there's really not much distraction from all the reading and writing I need to get done before the end of 2019. Um, let me remind you all that today we're talking about Rain by Maria Govan. It's a coming-of-age movie from the Bahamas released in 2008. You can stream the movie on CaribbeanTalesTV.com and if you still haven't watched it yet, here's my own summary of the plot. Rain Monroe is a 14-year-old girl who was raised by her grandmother on Ragged Island in the Bahamas. Her grandmother dies. Rain has no other choice but to go to Nassau and live with her mother who goes now by the name of Glory. The teenage girl's idealistic illusions get shattered as she witnesses the self-destructive spiral her mother is stuck in. Rain's only true moments of happiness is when she runs. So she joins her school track team. We follow Rain as she tries desperately to figure out where she belongs. Like I said previously, there are many things going on in this movie. I decided to choose two. The representation of love between a mother and her daughter, and the violence surrounding teenage girls awakening to their sexuality. It's Caribbean Connection Time. Caribbean Connection segment is to discuss how a movie makes me reflect on my identity as a black woman, as an Afro-Caribbean woman, and where I stand in this world. Before we start, I have to tell you how I connect with this movie. Let's go back in time to my own teen years, uh, which, um, which were in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s. It was, uh, it was the second wave of coming-of-age movies. You know, in the late 80s, John Hughes' movies such as um, The Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles were kind of a blueprint for the teen comedies that were released back-to-back -back 10 years later. I'm talking about the American Pie franchise. Um, I'm talking about She's All That, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, and of course, Bring It On. And I never enjoyed the American Pie franchise, but I I really, really liked She's All That, although it's, it's a bit problematic, I know. <laughs> but I, I like it, you know. And I think I still have the DVD of 10 Things I Hate About You. And also the bringing on DVD. Anyway, 
These three films, do you know what they have in common? Gabrielle Union as the black teenage girl. She was everywhere in the late 90s. Um, you know, in the early 90s, it was Stacey Dash um, because of the huge success of Clueless. And then by the end of the, of the decade, um, Gabrielle Union took over the stereotype of the sassy black teenage girl and I guess one could say that the amount of positive representation black family sitcoms offered in the 90s kind of made up for the lack of diverse representation in the film industry but still um, TV shows shouldn't be seen as a compensation and if you're wondering why I'm only talking about the U.S. film industry, it's because black teenage girls are invisible in the French film industry. I grew up watching a lot of U.S. coming-of-age movies, which only made the impression of not being represented even bigger. None of them gave me the impression that who I was as a black girl, as a Caribbean girl, um, well, it, it just didn't matter. And this movie, Rain, changes that. Did I go through the same struggles? I did not. But her struggles are universal and anyone can relate to her. It's the Caribbean setting that makes me relate. And to be honest with you, if it weren't for the movie Blues Brothers 2000, I wouldn't have known that the Bahamas were a part of the Caribbean. Stick around at the end of the episode if you want to know how it exactly went down. Back to Rain and the first theme I want to talk about, the representation of love through the mother-daughter relationship lens. I watched the movie a couple of times and the first time I did was a few hours after pulling an all-nighter. I was in no condition to pay attention. I fell asleep for about five minutes and woke up as Rain and Glory got into um, a verbal fight. It turns out that it's the only scene where they openly express what they feel toward each other. Frustration, disappointment, and resentment from both sides. After Rain shouts, um, I am just some fool, I'm your child. She runs off. As a viewer, I didn't know which side I was on, because my teenage self was on Rain's side. Rain grew up listening to her grandmother, praising constantly Glory and picturing her as this amazing woman. And the reality of the situation is that, and it's a spoiler, sorry, uh, Glory is addicted to crack and she sells her body to get money and she lives in a ghetto called the graveyard. My teenage self understood how crushed Rain was to find out the truth about her mother. On the other hand, as I'm in my 30s now, and regardless of the fact that I am not a mother, I definitely understand how Glory is struggling to fit into this mother role she rejected 14 years ago. You see her trying and failing so hard at being a mother. And 
I, I mean, there's, for instance, there are some school fees to pay, and Glory sleeps with men to get the money. It happens a few feet away from Rain, who was supposed to be asleep, and the next morning, Rain refuses to take the money, and there's so much judgment in her eyes when she looks at her mother. It really broke my heart. Just like any relationship, the mother-daughter relationship is complex, but I think the Caribbean context makes it even more complex because of the femme potomitan figure. I talked about it in episode 1. Femme potomitan means pillar woman. It's this ideal of women sacrificing themselves for others to be happy. It's uh, similar to the strong black woman narrative, but I think it's still a bit different because Frambotomitan to me is really linked to the sacrifices that you're willing to make as a woman. You do these sacrifices for your family. So yeah, I think that's why it's a bit different from the strong black woman narrative. For instance, Rain's grandmother is a fompotomitan. But what happens when a woman doesn't fit into this stereotype? What happens when you dissociate motherhood from womanhood? If we look at glory, only bad things come out of not taking on your responsibilities as a mother. But if we go deeper, doesn't this also show how womanhood and motherhood are just both hard? Before I watched this movie, I I had never really taken the time to see things from my own mother's perspective. I mean, I was a quiet child and I grew up without causing trouble to my mom. But still there is stuff that my little sister is allowed to do that I would have never dared to do. And this is something I teasingly pointed out to my mom a couple of times in the past few years and she usually remained quiet but I think one day she just had enough and she said well back then we were living in Guadeloupe if I had let you put on makeup or dye your hair which means there would have there wouldn't have been enough water to clean all the bad things people would have said about her as a mother if she had let me do all this stuff and when she told me this I kind of understood but I don't think I really really understood until I watched Rain. Glory is like the most extreme representation of a struggling mother but the fact that she was a Caribbean woman made me truly consider my own mother's sacrifices to raise me. You know, it, it's quite amazing how one's mind may disconnect a concept from its own reality just because it never sees it represented and validated. In most of Caribbean fictions I read, mothers go through some pretty hard stuff if they are ever represented at all, and it's a Caribbean thing. Simone James Alexander wrote about it in her, in her book um, Mother Imagery in the Novels of Afro-Caribbean Women. It's like the mother-daughter relationship is always so hard because 
there's some miscommunication and the daughter really can't relate to her mom struggle and the mom is trying so hard to make the daughter understand and I just the movie made me realize how I had this from Potomiton ideal in my mind to define my to define any Caribbean mother you know we see them strong and powerful when in reality Caribbean mothers may feel just as lonely and confused as any mother and as any woman. And as daughters, we may be merciless to our moms because we expect them to be great all the time and we don't allow them to be vulnerable. So to me, this movie gives us a representation of a mother-daughter relationship based on the idea that motherhood isn't innate and that connecting motherhood with womanhood can be a very hurtful process. How to love your mother when she doesn't care about you in the way that you need. How to love your daughter when you know you can't, you cannot provide care and comfort in the way a mother should be able to do. Is loving your mother or your daughter an obligation? Each person will have their own personal answer to this, but it's a good thing to question our own stereotype. The second theme I want to talk about is the representation of teenage girls awakening to their sexuality. It's often violent and we'll see how this violence may be physical as well as psychological in the next episode thank you for listening make sure you subscribe um, you can follow me on twitter and instagram at carukiramont there's also my website carukiramont.com see you next week Chambered. So before I go, I just wanted to tell you how I discovered the Bahamas were about of the Caribbean. I was like 13 or 14. And, you know, I, I heard the name Bahamas in reports of Caribbean sports event. But to me, it was still this very far, far away region next to the U.S. and where only rich white people went. I mean, that's how pop culture and that's how cinema and television present the Bahamas. And, <clears throat> and I had never thought about the people who lived there, their culture being similar to what I could experience in my daily life in Guadeloupe. So here's what happened. Around 1999, I got to watch um, the movie Blues Brother 2000. And there was this scene where Elwood and his band auditioned for Queen Mousset's music battle. Queen Mousset was some kind of voodoo queen played by Erika Badu. So she asked Elwood to play something quote-unquote Caribbean 
whatever that means. And Elwood goes on a rant for nearly a minute, listing all the music genres he's willing to play, such as polka and waltz. But Caribbean music was something that he would never, ever, 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 ever play. Why is that? I have no idea. All I know is that I felt very offended, although I couldn't quite verbalize it by back then, but I just didn't get why Caribbean music was being treated with such despise. Um, yeah, anyway. Queen Mousset doesn't ask why he hates Caribbean music so much, and she's she just um, cast she cast a spell on the on Elwood and his band, and they turn they turn into zombies, and they play the song Funky Nassau that actually sounds more funky than what I'd ex- what I'd expect something Caribbean would sound. Again, whatever something Caribbean would mean, because we know Caribbean music is very diverse. I mean, you have reggae, you have dancehall, you have zouk, you have merengue, you have salsa, you have bouillon, you have compas. Something Caribbean just means nothing. Caribbean music, we... We will definitely talk about it in uh, with the next movie I'm going to analyze. Anyway, I googled uh, Nassau and that's how I found out it was in the Caribbean. <laughs>